What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Steve. The Hounds got a commanding 2 nothing win at home this weekend, and we are here for it. Steve, you were there in the rain. How was your weekend, man? Um, it was pretty good. Um, uh, so uh, Kyle uh, McHenry Vesti uh, from the Steel Army gave me a little bit of hard time, called me a coward, but I told him I was going to be a dry coward because uh, the camera that I use to take pictures with um, uh, is not mine. It's my employer's. So uh, I'm not risking it getting wet. So I ran to the media booth uh, during the rainstorm. So I did not get wet, uh, which made it made it uh, a lot better. Um, uh, you know, great to be out there. Uh, the tailgate was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of people out before the game. Uh, and then great environment for the game, uh, despite the call for rain. I mean, packed house, uh, 5,032, 42, something like that was the official number. It looked um, so great on the stream. Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was great. Most people still stuck around through the rain. So we're still a full crowd by the end of the game. Um, and that paid off because, you know, I mean, got those two goals and could have had a few more as well in that second half. So um, that helps um, rest of the weekend, you know, just hanging out, uh, visiting with some friends, dog playtime for Rory, going down to the brewery and hanging out. Um, nice. Sounds like a perfect weekend. weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been nice. working on getting like seedlings and stuff started for my garden. So look yeah. at you. What are you yeah. growing? Uh, got some tomatoes that I put in this week, uh, some carrots. Um, I've got my sunflowers that are already sprouted that I can't wait to move outside. Um, lots of herbs. When my parents came and visited in October, my mom like grabbed all of her seeds and then like hand wrote on little brown seed packets, like all of the instructions. I don't follow the instructions. I don't tell her that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like throw it in the dirt, see what happens. But like all sorts of herbs and pollinator flowers and whatnot. So all that stuff is sitting in the little, the little uh, peat pellets, uh, hoping it sprouts. Cause that's, that's my, I throw money at the problem. (laughs) Just like throw more good dirt at the problem, throw more seeds at the problem. If that doesn't work, I don't care. I get what I get. (laughs) That's awesome. Kev, how was your weekend? Good. Um, just, yeah, a lot of relaxing, you know, partake, uh, or partaking in, uh, the Coachella live stream stuff. So oh, watching geez. that on, on YouTube, there's a controversy around, you know, I really like, uh, Frank Ocean and I won't get into the controversy around that, but there's all, you know, didn't get to see him on the live stream. Um, Riley was waiting for the live stream of love is blind on Netflix. There was a whole like controversy around that it didn't it didn't start until like an hour and 15 minutes late everyone on twitter's like what the heck is happening and yeah um so you know a lot of a lot of streaming live streaming fun this weekend but uh yeah it's good how about you uh not bad i we we had hoped to get a whole bunch of stuff done outside on saturday because it wasn't supposed to rain and then it rained in the morning and so my youngest and I went to go, there's a, there's a tea place. I I have, I'm on this kick where I make like cold brew tea and like, that's like my drink. I'll mix it with some honey and we were all out of tea leaves. I was like, Oh no, like that's no good. So we ran in, we got some wild berry green tea, some lemon meringue green tea. It was amazing. Is that the place that I think, um, Ollie got me tea for Christmas. Yeah. 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 Crumpets in Ligonier. It's awesome. It's a great place. Um, so we did that and then and then the skies cleared up and we were able to do a lot of work outside and uh cut the grass and did all that and then sunday um middle son had his first travel game of the season so we went and saw that and got to watch my older son's team play even though he's not 
playing because I think I mentioned last week he broke his toe, so he's basically out uh, for the for the spring season. But uh, no, it was good. We'd, you know, to be in and around soccer was thrilled watching Aston Villa uh, beat Newcastle three nothing, and then to watch the Hounds win two nothing that night. It was a it was a great weekend for soccer. So yeah, no complaints here. Um, just real quick, Steve, you mentioned sort of the atmosphere and the fact that mm-hmm. that Highmark Stadium was sold out. Was any like were either of you surprised? I, I expected there'd be a lot of people at the home opener because it's always the home opener, but it always feels like early in the season, you don't get as many people, especially until you get into like June. And so to see that we're sold out in April when it's, you know, they're calling for rain is kind of crazy, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's awesome. You know what did it, Mike? It was Yinzer night. Well, that's what what brought it in. (laughs) No comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I so I, I was thinking about that. Like, yeah, why does it feel like a midsummer game? And I think it's because the week before, like the half week before, felt like midsummer, right? Like eighty-three degrees. I was bringing out shorts and the lightest t-shirts I could find from like flannels to that, right? Um, so I think like people just excited. The weather was great. Um, I've noticed that around around here, like more people are out and about doing stuff in town because the weather has been nice. And I yeah. think that makes a big difference. Um, I, I mean, I do think though, I mean, yeah, we say it facetiously, we, we can, we can mock it that whatever that woman's name, yeah. whose daughter was on whatever that reality show was. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I have no idea who these people are. Um, like, but I think that the team is doing a lot more to reach out and, that may not be what lands, but they're doing a lot of things. And that's just part of what the effort that the front office is doing it to get people into the stands. So yeah, did that land? Probably not. But are the other efforts that they're doing? Yeah. Um, apparently there was some different like promotions, like two tickets and four hot dogs or something like that was one of the promotions I heard about that somebody was telling me their friends got. So stuff like that makes a big difference. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if this continues throughout the season, what sort of happens this offseason. Because, Kev, you always mentioned, like, you know, you'd love to see us average three quarters full before we do anything. And and talking to the team, they sort of echoed that sentiment. And so who knows what will happen. I mean, we're two games in. I don't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse. But it's great to see regardless. So. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know, like living in Tennessee, obviously, I don't see any of that advertising uh, and marketing that the hounds do. Um, but, you know, even if the, I don't know, core theme of the advertising and marketing campaign doesn't stick, I don't know. I And look, I'm not, I, I didn't take marketing in college. I don't know the first thing when it comes to advertising and anything like that. But I imagine on some level, it still gets the hound's name in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're looking at your internet and you're like, I don't even know who these people are. Okay. Well, at least now you're thinking of the hounds. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's the hard work that like, you know, front office does that often can go unnoticed that drives people coming to the stadium. And so I kind of have to attribute it to that because it's not, it's not that we're like, come see the number one team in the East hounds play on home on the weekend or whatever. It's not that. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's also a waterfall effect to it too, right? Like, so work you do today, you may not see it this week, but you might see it next year. Like it just, it just keeps building and compounding on itself. So, um, yeah. And the other thing that, you know, was sort of making the rounds on the socials is that 
now Steelers didn't make the playoffs. Pens didn't make the playoffs. Odds are the Pirates probably won't make the playoffs. So a lot of people <laughs> are just like, hey, yo, Hounds, what's up? Um, so, yeah, I, you know. But let's 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 actually talk about the game. Uh, I mentioned the Hounds beat the Toros two nothing at home. Got goals from Dequa and Kenny. Um, guys, I'll, I'll lead off the takeaways. One thing that feels really weird about this game is that I feel really differently about it today than I did on Saturday. Like watching the first half, I was like, "Ugh, like this is messy. Like we're not connecting passes." And then even when we scored, I was like, "Okay, like they were just kind of like two moments." And it just kind of happened. But after actually like sitting back and reflecting on it a little bit and then, you know, watching the highlights again and, and looking at some things, I was like, you know what? Like there's there's something to this. Like I feel a lot better about it two days later. Steve, you were there. What what was sort of your read in real time at the game? So until that first goal, I I mean, I wasn't expecting much of anything. Um uh, when we get to the pick'em, uh, I'm thrilled that my pick'em was way off because I really did not have a lot of hope with uh, with three probable starters uh, out through discipline or injury. Um, but I mean, I think the crowd atmosphere, and if if you watched uh, my interview with Chico, I mean, he said that I did. Players, it was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, the players, I, I mean, the players and everybody, like he said, like he and talking to him even afterwards, like was like, yeah, it was one of the best environments that they had experienced in a long time. Um, so I think the crowd environment really made a huge difference. And that's because it was a packed house. The Steel Army was, I mean, full, was loud. I think that makes a huge difference. Um, uh, in the post-game press conference, Bob talked a lot about how he was really not happy in the first half. Um, defensively solid, but nothing was happening going forward. Um, and sounds like he gave them a talk, whatever whatever that talk was at halftime, and really pushed them to think about the things that they were talking about throughout the week, which was uh, making the runs, uh, getting the balls in, not just passing side to side at the back. Um, uh, and he said, you know, I've had teams that have been better that uh, that have possession, but it's not about possession. It's about possession with a purpose and going forward and making those runs, breaking the lines, um, getting in the box, which um, I think we we saw. I mean, not only did we get two goals from close to the six-yard box, uh, I mean, uh, Chico had another one that was called off because uh, Tola pulled another guy that could have been a defending player on it offside. Um, uh, there was another one that Tola headed up and over the goal. Um, I don't remember who headed one right off the crossbar. Kenny, right? Those Kenny were, had one yeah. off the crossbar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, great. Um, I'll throw in the stat of the week for you. Uh, that is Kenny Forbes' second ever headed goal in his career. So yeah. I was thinking by the when, when media that office. Went, yeah. When that goal went in, I was like, he's not going to score another goal like that yeah. this season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so Chico and, and, and Kenny were the, uh, the players post game. And, uh, I got to ask Kenny, uh, what his expectation for himself was for the year. Um, and that's what he said. He's like, you know, coach hasn't given me something that he thinks I need to work on this year, um, other than be a leader in the locker room. So for me, it's score goals. And I love what he said. He's like, not just score goals, score dirty goals. Um, and, dirty goals. and like, so I think like, like, I mean, my feeling, after the game, after talking to Chico, after talking to Kenny, saying hi to some of the other guys on the field, seeing how they're doing, like there's a lot of 
positive energy from the team. And they feel like this is going to be a team that is going to work hard and work well together, like no team that Bob's ever had in Pittsburgh. Um, and so there's a lot of positivity about the team, about where this can go. Um, Bob was one of the most positive I've ever seen him. And he had a, so he had a lot of criticism still. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah. Right. But he was really happy with the, with the performance in the second half. And I mean, I think the big takeaway was uh, he just wants to see the game slow down a little more and get those balls in a little more, um, more purposely. He said probably could have had 15 more shots if the game was played a little slower instead of just rushing the first pass. Um, lots of opportunities, though. The fans were into it. I mean, I think that was evident in Liz's full 90. Um, mm-hmm. The players seemed to be really really invested in it. Um, one of the players that was not playing because of things last week, as I was uh, walking across to the the post game, uh, asked him how he was feeling. He's like, Oh, a heck of a lot better now. <laughs> but it's just that kind of like disarming, like, yeah, like this is good. This is great. Like, yeah, I wasn't a part of it, but look, look what we did out there. Yeah. Now, Kev, what was your, what was your read on things, you know, watching it at home? I thought it was a, a really good performance. I mean, I, I would be curious, that, Mike, to see. I know your your thoughts. You said it have changed um, since your initial viewing of the game to to now. But I remember when watching the game live, I was I was happy with everything that we saw, even in the first half, because I, I think everything starts with well, everything. I don't know should start with making yourself difficult to beat and not not you know making the team you're playing not want to play you if that makes sense and i thought we were doing that against um against the toros and i i mean like i can't remember a, a single clear-cut chance that rvg had um yeah, no. you know i'm looking at it now granted this isn't usl official st- uh, stats this is just like a quick googling um but the toros don't record a single shot on net um, I know weight had to get involved and like take some crosses and, and do, and, you know, um, but in that sense, I mean, the switch to the, the three at the back with Dos Santos as a less, a left center back. Um, I think it covered some of our defensive weaknesses that we saw with four at the back where particularly, you know, I think our fullbacks were left, uh, exposed a lot when we were fourth back that goes away when you have this system even even when you're asking DeSantos to be a left uh left center back I think he he did okay in that role um so I think it's the the formation got the best out of a lot of players and I couldn't really I mean I was I was looking for someone like almost to criticize like well he didn't play that well he didn't play I thought everyone played pretty good I mean like they're Solid yeah. seven out of tens. Yeah, with, with yeah. a couple with a couple higher. I mean, I thought you know I've been I, I kind of go on a roller coaster with how my, how I feel about Ibarra. I thought Ibarra played really well in a in probably the most difficult position on the field because um, you're left really exposed in the midfield there. I mean, I remember like kind of mentally pausing the image that I would see on the screen and looking around. I'm like, he has. 30 yards to cover by himself and like there's you have you have the you have the back line and then you have people pressing and then it's just him and kenny Mm -hmm. um and i thought ibarra played really well i thought biasi you know creates a great chance for for deco's goal it was just really good performances all around and we never looked like bending at all to to allowing the toros having significant chances and to me that's like the the 
to like steamroll and grind out victories like that, where you're never letting the opposition get a chance and you, you capitalize on the chances you get. I mean, to Steve's point, I don't know on the screen. I didn't, I didn't see how Deke was second goal could have been disallowed. I didn't understand it. And I was like, oh, so t- in my head, I was thinking, Oh, okay, well that's, that's another goal we should have had. What mm-hmm. I think was it, um, uh, did, did that was it Farrell who took a free kick in the first half and like ripped it, it off the crossbar? Lopez, Lopez. Oh, Lopez. That's yeah. what it was. Um, I just think Farrell can do everything. I think. Um, but <laughs> uh, so yeah. I mean, it was it it was too. It, it it's weird. I I don't know. I don't want to say it, it's too, and it could have been more because even though it mm-hmm. could have, I I feel like the two goals that we did get. You know the hopes and dreams chart. You know the X, XG. I don't know how high those XG chances would have been. You know, I think Biasi plays really well, gets to the byline, just rips a ball across and just hoping, hoping for something. And what, I don't even know how it goes in off a decoy. Did he hit it with his like back? Like, was, I don't like. It was with his chest, but it was funny because like when it happened, it was like almost like on a movie when somebody gets shot, like the way their body yeah. just like, flies backwards. And yeah. I didn't even see the ball go in. I just see Dequa go down and yeah. then celebrating. I was like, what happened? Yeah. So, so I'm laughing a lot about that because, uh, None of us in the stadium really had a great sense of how it went in. Um, we're all talking about it before Bob walks up at the post game. Uh, uh, Bob brings it up like he's like, "Well, you guys tell me how did he get that in, right?" And so then we <laughs> asked Chico like, "So how, what did you do?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it was off my chest." Which uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is like kind of that funny thing because Bob had no idea how he got it in. He didn't see Kenny's goal. He was instructing. He, he admitted that. Like so he was asking us questions about what happened in the game on both goals, which was great. But yeah, it should have been a draw as far yeah. as what I saw. It should have been nil-nil. No, no. I didn't see any chances for us. Um, Officially off the chest, according to. To Dequa. That's funny. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and, and Kenny, I mean, it, look, it was a good cross, but I also think it was one of those scenarios where you had two Toro players closing down really quickly. He was mm-hmm. way out on, on the sideline and he just, he whips a ball and it ends up being perfect. Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ends up being perfect. And Kenny somehow mm-hmm. sandwiched in between two taller Toro defenders, gets a head on it and just puts it perfectly in. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, I, th- I think we played well. I think defensively we're great. I think we created chances. Um, yeah, I was really pleased with it. Yeah. I think I think where I was coming from, at least post game, was <laughs> Kev. You said I just need to be negative all the time. So I think I was coming into it just slightly pessimistic for whatever reason. And then you know, as things started to get a little bit wet, you know, we're pulling. Ch- there was a there was a moment early on where Dequa gets the ball and just sort of muscles through guys, and he like gets in on the keeper and he puts the shot wide. There was another time that Rovi got a shot that he drew wide. We were kicking the ball out of bounds like left and right, and I think it's little stuff like that that I was just like, man, like we just seem to be off it. But then well, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, on paper, there's a lot of reasons to not be confident going into this game. Like that, Steve already said. I mean, three starters are yeah. out, you know, injured, and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, as you go back and you actually look at the chances that we generated, first of all, Kev, to your point, we didn't really give up any chances. So like that should just be a win right there. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Like we, mm-hmm. we we took care of business on our end of the field. Super. But then as you actually go back and you watch through the game and you see, like I mentioned, there was that one chance where Dequa just sort of out muscle somebody gets in on goal. There was another chance earlier where Roby put a beautiful ball through the box and Dequa ended up going down between two players. Um, trying to draw a foul, didn't get the foul, but the play was there. 
And then you have Lopez is off the post. You had Kenny rip one off the post. You had the the uh, the second goal that Dequa had called back because Tola was sort of offsides, kind of. Um, there was a lot of positives here. It felt like the, especially in the second half, the offense was much more cohesive. Like there was a plan, but I'm st- there are still times where it feels like our offensive strategy is just get the ball to Dequa and just let him try to make magic happen. And I think I was seeing a little bit of that in the first half, whereas in the second half, it felt more like, okay, as a unit, let's go forward. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, Steve, to your point about Lily giving them a talking to at halftime, that I'm, I'm sure that that had something to do mm-hmm. with it. Um, that said, I mean, I think we have to talk about Chico, uh, you know, whatever thoughts people had about him, heading into this season, heading into this game. And I, I I might be generalizing. It might just be me. I think what I see in him is somebody that is just so hardworking and is so willing to put in the effort every minute of every game. And just, he does not quit. And regardless of if he gets zero goals or if he gets three goals in a game, that is the type of personality that I think you have to respect on this team. And you have to look, you know, look to as sort of an example of what you want these players to be. And Steve, you know, the interview that you did with them, I'm, I'm still laughing about it. Cause it's like, I think I, I mentioned to you, we just need like a Steven Chico show. Cause you guys just have like great chemistry. Dude is always smiling, always laughing, always happy. And it's just like, it's mm-hmm. great to see. And he just turns it on on the field. And like I said, he should have had a hat trick here. There was the, the mm-hmm. one ball that Rovi played through and then the one off his chest and then the other one that he scored. And um, yeah. I and mean, I get the sense he's probably at this, like to your point, Mike, I, he's probably at the center of a lot of what Steve, you were talking about, about like the positive energy in the locker room. I think, you know, him, Kenny, I don't, and I'm, I'm sure a couple other players, but I mean, he does seem like, you know, he's the symbolic representation of mm-hmm. everything that's, you know, momentum driven and emotionally good with this team as well as scoring goals. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought, you know, I thought he had a really good game. I thought mm-hmm. Rovi had a really good game. There were moments that it felt like Rovi, at least in the first half that he was like one of the grownups on the field in some ways where it's like when the ball was at his feet, it's like, okay, everything was sort of calm and he, you, you felt confident when he had it and he put that ball in for Dequa. He ended up getting the cross in for Kenny's header. I thought he had a fantastic game. There are times that Biasi goes into what I just started dubbing hero mode where he gets the ball and I'm just like, it's it's sort of a, a an all or nothing kind of thing where a lot of times it can end up with nothing where it's like I'm going to take the ball and I'm just going to go and then he loses it and you're like what are you doing and literally on Dequa's goal he gets it and then he makes that run and I'm just like you're you're going into hero mode man like this isn't going to work and then it worked and so I'm torn between like should we just have 24 seven hero mode and just know that like 75% of the time it's not going to work and be okay with that. Cause the 25% of the time it will, I don't know, but I thought, you know, he had moments in this game that were really good as well. Um, I think it goes back with Steve. Didn't you also interview Biasi? Yeah. A uh, week and a half ago. Yeah. I think practice. it's just whoever you interview is like, <laughs> a good game. And so I, I've talked to Luke before and yeah, like, but doing the interview with him, like, yeah, I, what I love about it is, he brought the energy uh, that like he has as a person for my conversations with him to the field. And you could see that in this game, yeah. right? Like, like, it's just like, he is like, he's committed to it and he's going to work hard and he's going to be passionate about it. And he's going to try to have fun doing it. Um, 
Yeah, he had, I mean, he also had another ball that he put in that, uh, I mean, he had a couple that he put in, but just like didn't connect with anybody, but could have, could have been opportunities as well. Um, Bob seems to really like him uh, this year, which is great to see. I mean, um, yeah, when I interviewed him, he was thrilled to get the start away in Colorado. He knew that on Thursday um, ahead of time, um, got the start this game. So he's doing something right to impress Bob to keep getting those starts. Yeah. And I, I think that position, I mean, so Biasi and uh, Rivera were, have already been talked about uh, so far. I think that position when you play three center backs is you're, you're, there's more leeway for you to make mistakes. Cause yeah. if you do now, of a, like if you make a mistake and you're playing in a back four and you're the fullback, you have one center back that's near you who has to cover for you. And you're probably light defensively than going the other way in this scenario. I mean, you're expected to get up and support the offense. Mm -hmm. So you're encouraged to do so kind of mentally. Um, and, and you know, if, okay, if you turn the ball over, it's probably outside of Dequa, that's probably the best place. If you're going to turn over the ball, it's probably the best place to do it on the field is mm -hmm. kind of like middle-ish of the field out wide. Um, so, yeah, I think that that position empowers them to play. I think, like, I don't know, I, and I, I think Rivera almost plays the best version of himself when he's in that role. I feel like mm -hmm. if you give Rivera a specific job to do, in my opinion, he can sometimes kind of come up short with it and, I don't know, doesn't have the best game. If you give him a little bit more of a free role, then yeah, he can, he, yeah, he, he works his way through the game a lot better. And yeah, I thought, I thought he had a really good game quickly going back to Dequa too. I had, I had the thought before we started uh, recording. I do think it's weird. I, I couldn't, I, I was trying to think like, okay, where, where do I want to think about like Dequa in the sense of putting him up against all the other USL forwards or something? Um, you know, we've seen a lot of forwards come through the hounds since we've been doing this podcast. You know, one of what? them was the co-host. <laughs> one of them was on the call. Corey yeah. Hertzog was calling the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So tell me about this. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is where I find out about it. It was it was a few minutes in that I was like, why does that voice sound familiar? And then the 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 um, play by play guy was like, I'm here with Corey Herzog, and I was like, oh no, no kidding! Friend of the show, Corey Herzog is uh, cool. is now in the booth. So yeah, Corey Corey was the uh, the color guy. Um, I think what was that his first time doing it? I, that was the first time he did a Hounds game. I don't know if that's the first time him doing a game this season in the USL. He he did. I mean, he I, to his credit, he sounded very natural, which and it's a hard thing to do in your first time. But like a lot, of, I don't know. A lot of he was like he was just like repeating what the guy like yeah. said. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, the guy picks up the ball. What do you think, Corey? Yep, he picked up the ball and he looked around. <laughs> and I was just like, "All right, all right, Corey." Um, but uh, but anyway, so going back to Dequa, I was like, "How do like." You know, how do we start talking about him in the pantheon of, you know, Riverhound strikers and, and USL strikers right now? And I kind of came to the loose conclusion, and this will be developed over the course of the season and throughout these podcasts as, as I'm talking to all of you. Um, he's, a, he's about as good of a striker as you could reasonably hope for in the USL. And I, 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 I thought that statement in my head is like, does that sound right? I was like, it doesn't sound right, but because I can think of, okay, like, you know, Brett and even Ciceroni are probably better, like pure strikers of the ball. Like they're probably better, pure goal scorers, 
you have Dixon, who is more probably like technically gifted. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, all the, you know, DeSantos who has bigger, you know, more height and can, you know, uh, but he is just an all around presence mm-hmm. who has an incredible engine. Um, and importantly, I think like is, is a really good leader in the locker room and has a good effect on the rest of the squad around them. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's great. I, I, I want to disagree in terms of USL mm-hmm. um, that I think there are, there are forwards that as, as an out and out center forward are going to make him look poor comparatively, but as a, Bob Lilly system forward, right? Like, I think that's the distinction I would draw that like yeah. he might be the best system forward for a Bob Lilly team. Whereas, yeah, you're right. Like Russ and, and Nico, I mean, from their quality, just fantastic by comparison, but neither of them fit the system in the same way that Chico fits the system. And he just, I think he's going to thrive because he's able to have that mentality of being a part of, the goal that the system is is setting up for him. And so, whereas with a Russ, with a with an Alex, with a Nico going on and being spectacular elsewhere doesn't surprise me. I don't know if if Chico would would yeah. get those goals elsewhere. But yeah. when he's in that system where it's built to have the specific outcome, he's fantastic right now. Yeah. And I do I do want to make a quick clarification. I and I that's a great point. I wasn't thinking about that. Um that kind of perspective on Dequa and and how he situates himself in the system. I, I'm not necessarily saying I think he's the best striker in the USL. Mm-hmm. I, I I was I okay. think yeah. he's as good as of a striker as a fan could reasonably mm-hmm. kind of like expect of your team. Like I don't think you you could you couldn't reasonably expect to have. Oh, I, I, I like yeah, I see what you're saying, right? You like, know what I mean? Like when you get somebody that does more, it's like oh, this is great. Yeah, like he's like, not gonna crap. like we yeah. have someone special. Yeah, but yeah. like he's. He, yeah, he he absolutely hits yeah, that standard. I like that. Yeah, I yeah. like that, yeah. that distinction. The the way I sort of think about him at this point is, you know, you have different strike. You have you have different things that you want your strikers to be good at, right? You you have you have people who are really good at hold up play. You have people that are really good at running the channels. You have people that are really good at at dragging defense out of position. You have pure scorers that you just put the ball on their feet and they're going to score. And, you know, in a world where, you know, say somebody like a Nico Brett, he might be a pure scorer, but in terms of holdup play, he's not the best. I see Chico as being a solid eight out of 10 across the board on all of those things. And so he may not be the pure scorer that like a Russ Ciceroni is, but he's not far off, but he also gives you all of these other things that Russ doesn't. And so I think it's a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. that you guys have said, but that's how I picture him is he's not a 10 out of 10, but you don't need a 10 out of 10. You need that eight out of 10 in everything. And that's what makes him special is that he doesn't really have too many deficiencies. Um, and honestly, and I mean, I, I think what pushes him over the top too. I'll, I'll, this is the last time I'll say. I like. I I think the the atmosphere in the locker room goes a hell mm-hmm. of a long way. And like, I don't know. I I think it seems like. Well, no, I don't want to say this because I I only really follow soccer. I was going to say it seems like in soccer more than in other sports, like momentum and team cohesion over the course of a league can really work magic. I, you know, I'm thinking particularly in examples of like the Premier League or whatever, like, okay, you have Leicester City. It's, you know, on it's just like 
things start going for you and you believe and you go all the way. Arsenal maybe on some degree this this season is are outperforming themselves and once they kind of get that feeling in that and they all seem like they like each other and they're all in it together and they're not infighting or anything. So I I, I don't know. I it's to have yeah, to have a leader like Dequa I think is extremely important. Yeah. So I think to your point, Kev, um, this was something uh Dan Visser talked about when he did the player introductions um, before the first home game. I talked to Bob that evening, um, and, but it's been echoed every time I've talked to any of the players and asked them, like, like, what's the feel? What do you like? What's what's different about this team versus other teams you've played on, other teams you've played on under Bob? Um, and the theme keeps coming up that this is a team that everybody is like together and focused and working hard and like and focused on the goal as a team and and not to say that like it's not um it's not a negative on some of the other players but some of the other players in the past at times uh the, the sense seems to be like they'd come in they'd do the, what was expected of them they'd go home sometimes it's be with their families or whatever right like and like when they left they'd clock out but this group is a group that's together and they're they're feeling that as a group and that's that's from bob to dan to john as the coaches and then the players are reiterating that too right so it's not just bob feels this way and he's telling me that that he feels this about the players because i've had bob tell me things he feels about the players before i'm like i don't see it yeah i'm hearing it from everybody that i've talked to uh yeah. in in the coaching and player pool at this point i love to i mean uh osumanu um i think is how you pronounce mm -hmm. it and shout out to him i thought he had a great game mm -hmm. for his first ever start with the hounds yep. Even him, I mean, someone who's new to the team, first start, uh, you know, of in the club. And I saw him on multiple occasions in the game. He's like encouraging the players around him. He feels like he's he's being empowered to kind of, you know, like, yeah, I have a voice mm -hmm. here, too. And I can have an effect on the players around me and I'm encouraging them. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I thought he was great, too. And I would love to see him continue in the back line. Another shot, I mean, like defensively. Yeah, we look great. I mean, mm -hmm. we've we have a 0.6 goals against average so far in the season. I know the season's young, but you know, we have yet to let up more than one goal in a game. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a couple couple days ago, and I understand like a couple days ago, I was like, hey, we still haven't had a shutout. Like this is kind of concerning, but and how quickly those tables can turn. But um, but yeah, I, I think defensively we're shaping up really well. And whether it's, you know, whether it's Farrell or Hogan or or Donez or Osmanu and you know, I I like our center backs a lot. <laughs> I think I think we look good. Yeah. Well, and so I, I specifically had asked Bob, like, why so much change at the back? I mean, you're missing the guy that you count on, and he's he was pretty pretty direct that it is nothing that Pat has done that he actually really likes everything he's seen from Pat this season. In, terms, just, of, in terms of Hogan, Hogan not getting yeah. a start. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That it was not a, a slight on Hogan. It was the experience that Joe brings flanked by two guys that are much quicker. So he wanted somebody that really understood the organization of the defense with lots of experience and what's expected of a Bob Lilly defense. And I think it's more just Pat hasn't had the time with Bob. Whereas Joe has played for him before, has a lot more experience. And that's why he put uh, Nate and Alal next to them, next to Joe, because because of their speed and losing the speed of Arturo. Um, and so that was just interesting to hear him be like, it's not that I don't trust Pat to do that. I just was looking for something a little different and that he didn't have to worry about a lot of height uh, from uh, RGV. So he's like, I can go a little shorter and go with speed as opposed to big guys in the back because they're not going to out jump us because they're not tall. 
Um, so it was kind of interesting to see and, and hear his thought process on that because, yeah, I mean, I went into this game and I looked at the, the lineup and I was like, okay, Pat's not starting. He's been great all season. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. One other bit of news, I you know, we just, talked a little yeah. bit about the lineup and um, obviously no uh, no Mertz, no Ordonez. So, again, to come away with a performance like this is stellar. Um, turns out, Kev, your boy, Etu, um, likely out a month-ish from what we're hearing based I'll on take injury it. and recovery. And, yeah, I'll so take it. that's from not official. Can, yeah, what I, what I can gather is he's gotten to a point where he can start doing some very light, uh, physical activity. Um, so he's able to either get on some machine or something, I guess, at this point. Well, remi remind me again, what was it? It was his uh, elbow? Shoulder? Broken forearm is oh, okay. what I know. What that is, I don't know if like full break, fracture, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Guys, anything else about this game before we get into some of the questions from the listeners that uh, Liz got at halftime? How much of this do you think is us playing great? And how much of it do you think is like RVG is just not good? Because like I saw what I, in the Pickham comments, I think it was Harry, um, Harry Austin, who said, like, don't sleep on RVG. And he would know, like, I'm not out West looking at how teams play or whatever. Um, so. I don't know. I, I, I guess I was expecting a pretty good performance against RVG. RVG. I didn't really see it. Um, I don't know. What, what were you guys' thoughts on RVG? You know, looking at just purely based on statistics, it we looked like two comparable teams. Now, I think they were in a situation where they hadn't played in two weeks, so they had that going on where they, they I think they scheduled a scrimmage midweek last week just to try to get their feet under them. Then they're traveling, you know, from Rio Grande to Pittsburgh, a rainy Pittsburgh on turf. Um, so who knows how much that factored into it. But I think that, and this, I, this is where I sometimes get hung up is I keep looking for patterns in how we perform. And when I don't see the patterns, that's when I get a little bit nervous. But I think that especially in that second half, you started to see more and more, similar patterns in terms of ball movement, player movement, things like that, that are really encouraging. So in this scenario, I think I'm more likely to lean more towards the side of this was us putting in a really good performance than RGV not putting in a good performance kind of thing. Steve, is that how, how did you feel about this? I, I yeah, I, I think so. I, I think I'd add to that, that um, I, sixth games in this is the sixth game in um six games and i am really confident in our ability to do well defensively mm -hmm. and so that makes a big difference at least in the regular season we're going to have a lot of games where we're limiting our opponents now the question is can we do that against the teams that have really potent offenses this team is starting to make me believe that this might be one of the most flexible uh defensive cores that Bob has had, or is it the best defense on like an, any given starting lineup? I don't know, but when it comes to matching up against opponents, I think this group of defensive players gives Bob the most options on how to line up. And that makes a big difference compared to, well, I've just got to stick with Greenspan and Tommy and Hugh because who else do I have? Right? Like, like, no, he, he can, he can trust these defenders. Um, so the question is, can we find those 
opportunities where Chico is getting in front of goal and able to put four or five balls onto frame and one or two of them get in. Is Kenny going to score those dirty goals? Is uh, Eddie Kizla going to find a way to use his speed to outrun players? Right, like that's where it is. But I, I have more hope at any than I've had at any point during the season. Probably because I expected nothing from us with all of the all the changes in the starting lineup. And I figured, you know, here's a team coming in with rest. We're going to be all out of sorts. And we took it to a comparable team, right? Like, Look, I mean, I, I think, too, the other thing is, is, Kev, to your point of how few goals we've given up, when the standard is you need to score two goals to beat us, that mm-hmm. makes it difficult on teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while I want to see, like, a constant offensive output, one or two goals is going to do it for this team. So it could just be that like Lily ball is back and, you know, we've, we've got the defense figured out and now we just need to fine tune the offense. You know, I, mm-hmm. I Dequa made the point or Chico made the point in your interview with him, Steve, he's like, it's early. Like we're, yeah. we're still working some, right. some of the kinks out. So. Right. I, so. I don't think that the, the ambition for the team is one, one ties, one Oh wins. Yeah. Um, uh, it was pretty telling for me when Bob said he felt a relief with the second goal, because then he doesn't have to defend a one Oh, win where anything can happen. Right. Like, and so I think that signaled to me, even though he didn't quite say that, that they're looking to say, how are we going to be a team that's going to limit our uh, opponents chances, keep the game at zero to one zero zero, and then go out and find those goals, even if they're not the nicest goals, but, but put, two goals in the back of the net and put it out of reach because we can lock it down when we're up too low without a question. Yeah. And that's what I hope to see. Agreed. Let's get into some questions, guys. It's the halftime hullabaloo. Listen, it rained. We're wet. Kind of sucks. I make no promises about the shenanigans that are about to happen. Matt, hit me. What's your question? When are we going to score? I need a minute. I demand a minute, guys. Do it. 49th minute. Next question. Um, <laughs> that's one of the downsides of doing that question at halftime. We know we, we time travel and we know, I think, I think the bigger question, we sort of talked about this a little bit thus far, but thinking about this it, up to this game, we're like, ah, we're looking great. You know, with lots of stuff. The last goal we scored prior to this game was lasers goal at home three weeks ago. And so like we've gone 230, we went 235 minutes between scoring goals. So based on what you guys saw this week, are you concerned that a similar drought could be on the horizon? Or do you think that we've fixed things to the point that we should be expecting at least a goal every game? Kev, what do you think? I don't think this solves all our offensive, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know, problems, which is weird to say because I know all podcasts have been saying we've created chances, we look good this game, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I could very well see us going next game and not scoring a goal. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, Kenny, I, I said, I think probably at the beginning of the year, maybe he's good for five goals this season now would you know if if he's making conscious efforts of getting in the box more and scoring dirty goals and that that's great um dequa could end up surprising me with more goals than i originally thought but like i don't think dequa scoring every game so i mean kiza hasn't looked really anywhere near it for me um lopez looks promising you know so 
I can see where the, where this is coming from, but yeah, I, I mean, I think we're we're stronger defensively than we are offensively. I do think we'll struggle to create opportunities in certain games, um, and yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if I you know next game I'm predicting zero or one goals from us. Steve, what do you think? So uh, yeah, I, I agree a lot with what Kev just said. I think for me the question is if Chico is not on the end of the ball then who else is making the difference? Um, and, and like, as you were talking about, right? Like, like he's not going to be the guy that's going to be the, like the star studded goal scorer that pulls a goal out of nowhere. Like he's going to do a lot of things really well, but nothing's like at the top, top, top tier of USL strikers. And so do we have somebody that can do that? Um, hopefully Kenny's scoring those dirty goals, but, but where else are we getting goals from? I mean, we know Robbie can pull some magic out of his hat. Uh, at times. Um, uh, I've liked everything I've seen from Lopez so far, but he hasn't gotten on the score sheet. Tola shows a lot of promise, but um, he's put him at the keeper, wide of the keeper, over the bar. Like, like so is that going to eat away at him to the point where like he loses confidence or is he going to be young and resilient and find a way to score and that's going to light him on fire? That's the question I have for him, right? Um Eddie. I think that's that's one of the big ones this season. I, I yeah. think showing me like I every time he comes on the field as a sub, mm-hmm. I think he has a great game, but I don't see him scoring more than like two goals this year. Like I, I just Yeah. Yeah. I, but I also see him like all of a sudden finding form and then he puts five yeah. away in three yeah, games, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I just don't know. He's gotta he's gotta prove it to me. I think the other big question is I don't know I mean I think Langston is going to get some playing time and he's going to continue to get some playing time but so far Bob hasn't put him as an out and out striker or even as a winger up top he's used him more as a midfielder as a wing back to provide cover and provide balls in so I don't think he's going to be a goal scorer for us when he's on the field I think he's going to be the guy that might be getting a few more assists so when it's not where we expect the goals to come from, where are they coming from is the question. And I don't have an answer for that yet. And they've got to, they've got to prove it to us, I guess, at this point. Agreed. Next question. What's your question? Who do you think is going to be the leading scorer on the Hounds this season? Thanks guys. Keep answering these questions. It's almost like there's a theme to this. It's gotta, it's gotta be Dequa. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not even to be close. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be Dequa he's going to have multiple, multiple goal games throughout the season, but is he going to score every game? No. It what will be interesting is if anybody five games in or six games in, if anybody else is going to exceed the goal total that he has right now, because what he has four goals or five goals so far this season, like is anyone else going to get to five goals over the rest of the year? That's a good question. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. With, with, uh, mm-hmm. with the confidence that, that you and Steve said that answer with, I was like, okay, well surely they're overconfident here. Surely there's an angle in which I can argue this. And I, I really don't think there's an angle yeah. in which I can argue it. I mean, it's Dequa. I mean, you could, uh, <laughs> no, I was gonna, I was like, I can stretch maybe if it's... like Mertz is constantly deployed as like a number 10 and is just told to get in the box. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But like, I, uh, I think I think it's it's largely his positioning. He doesn't right. just get the flashy goals; he gets the dirty goals mm-hmm. too because of where he is. He gets the yeah. goal that looks like he just got shot, and like the ball just goes in off his chest. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, six six goals, sure. Three of them were in one game, but he's got four goals in six games. Yeah. I mean, even if he drops off a little bit of that in, in a full season, he's going to be upper like mid to upper teens by the end of the season. It, that's so hard for a USL player to hit that number, right? Like, I mean, you're talking about how many teams have guys with double-digit goals each season. Five, six teams get more than one guy above 10 goals a season. So he's going to hit he's going to hit 12, he's going to hit 15, he's might hit 18 this season, right? Like nobody's going to be close to that. Yeah. And you're right. It's it's, it's he's in the spot to do that. Um weirdly so barring, enough, barring an injury that takes him out. Like it's 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 Chico all all season long. Yeah. Weirdly enough and I know we have more questions probably to get to, but and I don't want to extend this too much further, but I do think if if Dequa goes out for a month and a half with an injury. I think our goals drop off a bit, but I think someone, I think we have the players who can like fill the position and still pick up some goals. They won't be as good as Dequa. They won't be as prolific as Dequa, but I could see like swap. I mean, cause that's the thing. I don't know. Like so many new players came into this game and just and did a job and did a job mm-hmm. well and it, it kind of suggests it goes back to like Lily's system rules all and if that's true then you got to believe okay well then you just lego block someone else in there and they do the job i'm i'm overstating here i don't think i really believe this i'm just making an argument of what you could potentially say anyway i'll stop talking <laughs> bob what would you like the guys to tell you about just staring at me. This is going to get awkward. That's, no, like the way you phrased that, that wasn't what I, I don't know. What's the three things you're most excited about this summer? Thank you. Guys, we've got nothing else for you. It's chaos here. I mean, mostly in a good way. The weather got better, but I am so Bye. Okay, oh. so so when she said Bob and then there was total silence, I, I thought she ambushed Lily for a moment. I was like, yeah. what question is coming? Yeah. It would have been great if she approached Lily and was like, Lily, this is the halftime hullabaloo. Go. And he's just like, what? At this point, he knows who she is. So he would just be like, okay, Liz, sure. I could see him playing along with it, too. I could be like, oh, okay, all right, uh, let me get you a question. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, gotta gotta give a massive thanks to Liz for all the work she puts in. Not not only to get the questions at halftime, but also uh, you know obviously to do the full ninety. If you missed that, gotta go back and listen to it. Um, gets to talk to a lot of new fans, which is great. The question was uh, from Bob, um, and thanks again to everybody who submitted questions this week. Three things you're most excited about this summer. Since there's three of us, maybe we'll just each pick one. Um, I've had a little bit more time to think about this than you guys, so I I will say that at least in terms of the hounds, he didn't specify hounds or not hounds, but I will say in terms of hounds, I'm looking forward to the stretch in what June where we have just like games back to back home games, like the stretch of home games that were here and the guys don't have to worry about traveling. I think uh, there was an interview that Biasi did. um, Steve, I don't think it was with you. I think it was with uh, Grubba with the team where he was just talking about how, how much more comfortable it is being at home, how you're able to recover a lot better when you're at home Mm -hmm. and you know that you don't have to get on a plane, you know, later that week. And so I think everything is sort of building to that, you know, I I think that there's a lot of, 
the results early on this season with the draws and then, you know, the loss, a lot of that can just be attributed to the fact that we're just constantly in transition on the road. We're never really settled. And to get past this stretch of two months where we can finally settle down and have some consistent back-to-back home games is going to be really nice. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I'm most looking forward to, just seeing where we're at at that point and what we can put together during that time. Um, Steve, what are you looking forward to? Um, Continuing to get to know the guys throughout the season. Um, I think after last year, starting to do the interviews, starting to do post-game, going to some practices and whatnot, um, like it's just, it's a, I find it to be a lot of fun. Um, but the effort of that, the taking time out of the day and, uh, going down to Montour and whatnot, is starting to feel like it's paying off because like you talked about, like, it seemed like Chico and I have a rapport because that's, I've gotten to know him over the course of a few seasons and doing that with multiple players. It's a lot of fun. I'm getting a lot of insight from the guys. Um, so I'm just having a blast doing it and I'm looking forward to see how that happens with, uh, guys that I already know, the guys that I've been starting to get to know this season, the guys that I haven't really talked to yet this year. Um, Cause you get so like, yeah, it's just like they're having a blast and they love talking about it. They love that somebody's interested. And so that makes it more fun. That's awesome. Kev, what are you looking forward to? Coming uh, up for a game, right, baby? Yeah. Woo! Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, July 1st, Hounds versus Louisville at home. Mm-hmm. That'll be, that'll be good. I'll keep it short and sweet. Okay. I, I have not been looking at the standings, but I have seen that Louisville have been dropping points here and there. So we'll have to see. It seems like, you know, the, the buzz around the league currently is the battery. So we might have a whole uh, old guard shield conversation that we need to have here towards the end of the season. But uh, I mean, who, what's the name of their coach? He was at Memphis last year. He's he's legit. I mean, yeah, Memphis is crap without him. Yeah. And now Charleston is really good. So I think he just won coach of the month, the USL coach of the month. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've like looked at records and I don't think there's anybody in the West that is, there might be somebody in the West that's undefeated, but I mean, to be undefeated six games in is pretty impressive. Yeah. Agreed. Sacramento in the West is undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a great goalkeeper. So, and, and Russ and Russ Cicerone putting, putting bangers <laughs> away just like this past weekend. So, yeah, we'll just grit, you know, grit our teeth through that one. Um, I, I had something and now it's gone. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that all sounds good. Um, Let's, oh, I'm uh, trying to help you, Mike. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something. No, no, no. I you're, you're fine. I, <laughs> I have something queued up. It's just like, let's talk about Pick'em. How about that? And okay. uh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's After this past week, Kevin's really happy because he got the score dead on. So looking at our leaderboard for the Pick'em so far, Kevin is at the top all alone with eight points. Feels great. All- yeah, I'm sure it does. Feels Followed great. by uh, Keaton, Dan Yost, and Laura Ellen with five each. JF and Tim Regis Jr. have four points. Uh, there's a couple of us with three, two right beneath that. Um, so, yeah, just as a reminder, winner that isn't on the show. So, Kev, you can't win. Um, the winner will get two free season tickets to the Hounds uh, next season, 2024. Um, so, everyone, come in, play along. Basically, what we do is we put out a tweet. We also put out a post over on YouTube. Uh, you leave a comment on YouTube with your score prediction. And if you get the score dead on, you get three points. If you at least pick the result correctly, you get one point. 
you don't pick anything right, you get zero points. But uh, it's free to play. But if you want to win the tickets, then you have to become a supporter, which is, I think, what I say, $10 a year. It's been a minute since I've looked at that. So um, well worth it if, uh, mm -hmm. if you know, the end result is two free tickets to the house, uh, two free season tickets to the house mm -hmm. in 2024. So check it out. Mike, how many points do you have? Uh, I think I'm sitting on three. Mike, how many so, points do I have? I think you have one. <laughs> yeah. I've been the best kind of wrong, I think, yeah. at least this week. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I, what I think I'm going to start doing is I'll start averaging out like what percentage of us actually get the result right. There were a lot of people that got the result right this week and picked the Hounds win, but the score was like there were a lot of three nothings, mm -hmm. a lot of two ones. Um, Kev, I think you, there were two people that I picked that picked two, two nil, um, dead on. So, yeah, I just know when I, when I put mine in early in the day, I was like, I don't feel good about this with all the defense. I was like, I'm, we're going to lose this. We're going to score one, but they're going to score two because we're going to be disorganized. And then I was like, man, I feel really negative. Cause I looked down at everything else and everybody else was like ties or wins by the hounds. I was like, I'm glad that that's what it was, but yeah, like I'm bad it's at this. Good, it's a good yeah. cognitive thing to do to yourself, right? Like, yeah. cause then it's good news. You, you at least get a little bit of good news, right? No matter what the result. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of wrong. Yeah, guys, let's talk about El Paso. So the Hounds head to El Paso this Saturday. It's going to be a late game for us on the East Coast. It starts at nine thirty. I will probably be asleep because I'm old. Um, but a couple things just to, to note about the game, Mertz and Ardonias should be back. So it'll be interesting to see how the lineup shapes mm -hmm. based on how well things went this past weekend. Uh, so far, El Paso has won two games, drawn one and lost three. All of their losses have been at home. So that sort of plays to our favor. We're heading to their home. Um, they have won almost 20 more fouls than we have, but They've given up twice as many goals as we have. So they've given up eight goals so far this season. We've only given up four. In attack, we're, we're pretty much dead on. Um, they have eight goals. We have seven. So if you think about sort of where we're at, scored roughly the same number of goals, but we've given up half as many as they have. So that's sort of a positive for us. Their last game was, a, was at home. Um, it was a 1-0 win over Orange County, but that was all the way back on April 8th. So again, we're playing a team that has two weeks of rest, and who knows which way that could go. Um, they do play at a baseball stadium. It's a turf infield. So again, we'll see if that has any impact on things. Fun. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so far they seem to be like middle of the packish. If we're not looking at standings for a West Coast team, it feels similar to RGV in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, RGV stats were a lot closer to ours heading into this one. So this gives me a little bit more confidence heading into this game. And the fact that I think they've played four games at home and they've lost three is also giving us a little bit of confidence going into this one. So in terms of, uh, in terms of prediction guys, um, Kev, I think I've made you go first the last few, I guess I'll, I'm going to go first this time. I am going to say another two nothing win hmm. for the hounds i think i think ordonez comes back in the lineup i think that we don't really miss a beat defensively and i think the fact that you know if it was the hounds playing against the hounds which offensively that's kind of what it is i don't know if we're giving up anything 
But if they're giving up twice as many goals as we do, then I think there's a good chance we get at least one, more likely two. So I'm going to say two nothing hounds. Steve, what do you got? Man, I I go back and forth. I mean, because this is a team that uh, not very good to start, but in their last three games, put three in against Louisville, uh, tied. Um, was it a uh, Tulsa two two? Mm-hmm. Um, and then put one in against Orange County, right? So they've put in six goals in the past three games. Um, and sure, Louisville may be more vulnerable than they've been in years past, but anytime you see a team beat Louisville a month before 3-0, you, you got to feel that that's going to be a team that has the ability to do some damage. Um, so I, I think I'm going to go back to my my trusty old feel-good we're good, but they're decent. They find a way to score, and we win 2-1. Win. Kev, what are you thinking? I think we lose 1-0. Um, I think it's one of those where it's like they have a 20% chancer, and it like just happens to go in, um, and you know we lose we lose 1-0. So that'll put Kevin at, at 11 points. Is that what it'll be? It, listen, <laughs> it, it'll be interesting. You know – we could do a whole statistical analysis on just like how we're picking these games and what and, thinking and what probabilities. It, I mean, I, I do wonder how much of it is people coming in late and like looking at what everyone else said. And they're like, well, everybody else picked a win. So maybe I should pick some kind of win. And I've stuck by all of my stuff that I said uh, on here, by the way. Okay. Never changed. Never changed. <laughs> you remember it by Saturday? Yeah. No, you don't. No, I do. <laughs> genuinely, I, I do. <laughs> I thought, like, do I need to go back and look through the uh, the YouTube comments to see what I put in? No, I'll just pick it again. <laughs> so that is what we think. Let us know what you think. Guys, anything else uh, to sort of touch on before we head out here? Good I feel win. like there was, I feel like there yeah. was some other team news that I'm, I'm totally missing. Um, but... That's what next weekend's for. So, I mean, we I, got a. I guess we'll talk about it next week, but we got an open cup game coming up. We do have an open cup game coming up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. That's what we got. Let Love us know what you think. Uh, you know, uh, go. Uh, you know, make sure you subscribe to uh, to Mongols on YouTube. That way, you will get the notice whenever we put the post up, so that you can um, add your score prediction. That way, you don't have to go looking through. Twitter, uh, what game is a game flow that does all of the, mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the hopes and dreams charts. They are now off Twitter because of API changes to Twitter and like things are starting to, to tank there. So as we've said, YouTube is sort of the fallback. So head over there, subscribe. You'll get the notifications about the, all of our posts, including the videos like Steve did with, uh, with Chico. Um, that will, that's just a video exclusive. That's not, on on a uh, on a podcast, so um, yeah, let us know what you think. Head over, give us your score predictions. Hopefully, the guys can pull out a win. So Kevin's wrong this weekend. It'll be a late one, so stay up or get you know take a nap midday Saturday and uh, and catch it. And yeah, uh, it's like nine thirty is hard. Jeez. Listen, man. For me, I'm like. I got I got an eagle project in the morning, and then I'm going to see a, a high school musical in the afternoon. I'm gonna have nothing in me by nine thirty. What show? Do you know? We're going, so not to spend too much time on this. 
my oldest son was in Woodland Hills' musical when he was in third grade. They did Peter Pan. And so we're going back. They're doing Susicle. And so this will be like the first time that we're back in a while. Like since he's like in high school now, which will be a bit of a trip for everybody involved there. Yeah, so, crazy. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Yeah.